0: The following message is brought to you by the Teaching and Preaching Ministry of the Ambassador Baptist Church and Pastor Joshua Ermler. Stand with me, if you would, as we read Psalm 46. going to look at verse number 10 and verse number 11. The Bible says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. Verse number 11. The Lord of hosts is with us, and the God of Jacob is our refuge. Let's pray, then pastor's going to bring a message entitled, Today with God. Psalms chapter number 46 is where we are today. We're going to speak on the subject of Today with God. Uh, Last week, we kicked off a brand new series of messages entitled, What's on Your Mind? And uh, really, we said last week that uh, a lot of Christians don't think about uh, what they think about. And so we wanted to take some time to really dive into this subject of what does the Word of God teach us about what it means to have a uh, Christ-centered or a renewed mind. Because honestly, if we want to change our lives, uh, it starts with really changing our thinking. But how does that happen? How, how does that take place? How is that even possible? And, and that's what we're looking to unpack a little bit over the next uh, several weeks here. So throughout the scriptures, God often refers to himself as the I am. Um, to Moses, he asked Moses, uh, who should I say sent me? And God literally said, tell Pharaoh that I am sent you. Christ referred to himself as the I am. And this statement all throughout scripture is highly significant. Here in Psalms, the Bible says, be still and know that I am God. This statement isn't past tense. It does not say I was. It's not future tense. It's not I will be. It's present tense. I am. You see, God has always been a God of the I am. And it's extremely important to fully understand the ramifications of this I am. All right. Um, let me give you a little bit of an illustration here, maybe to help clarify this in our hearts and minds today. You see... God created time uh, before, I should say, God created time for mankind. He literally uh, uh, had a beginning, he had a end. I don't know if we have a little graph of this on the screen. Time itself is something that was created for us by God. Uh, The dimension or the sphere of time has a beginning, and the sphere or dimension of time also has an end. And as finite, simple human beings... Sometimes we can get this idea that God navigates in this same realm with us. And yet the reality is, God doesn't doesn't exist in the realm of time. He's much bigger and broader. He cannot be confined to time. In fact, uh, God himself lives outside of the dimension of time. He resides in a place called eternity. All right? And in this eternal realm, God lives. In this eternal realm, God abides. In this eternal dimension is where God really is. And, and as you'll see, the only place where eternity and time intersect is in a place called now. In the present, this is why many scholars refer to eternity as this perpetual now, this ongoing now. You say, "Why, man, why is this even relevant? I think we'll throw this on the screens. We as li- limited human beings, all right, can only deeply experience God as we are firmly anchored to the present. But when we allow ourselves to be pulled back into the negativity of the past or thrust in the ambiguity of the future, we are in essence allowing ourselves to go to a place where we can no longer fully experience God the way we were designed to, alright? And this is why this passage reaffirms, be still and know that I am. Am God you see uh, here's our theme this morning is simply this focusing on his presence all right that's that's what we're called to do to abide with Christ to to focus our attention and our heart and our soul on him focusing on his presence involves focusing in the present Because the only place where eternity and time intersect is in the here, is in the now, is in the present. And so we're going to talk about this a little bit today. You see, we've got to get to a place where our mind, our focus, our attention, our awareness is fully anchored into this present moment. If we're going to fully experience God the way that we were designed to experience God. You see, the enemy is going to try to do anything that he possibly can do to get your mindset, to get your attention, to get your awareness, and to get your focus outside of this present moment here and now. And he has a lot of devices that he will utilize in to attempt to try to make this take place. Because the enemy knows if he can get you outside of this realm of now, if he can get you outside of this dimension of this present moment, he can separate you from fully uh, experiencing God the way that God has designed you to experience Him. Which leads us to our first thought this morning, and that is simply this. Be aware of thoughts tainted with past guilt. Past oriented thoughts Thoughts such as guilt Thoughts such as shame Thoughts such as regret Condemnation Remorse All of these past oriented thoughts Are all devices and tools of the enemy To to remove you from that place Where you can fully experience God Right here, right now In this present moment Be aware of thoughts tainted with past guilt. When we allow these negative, unhealthy, destructive thoughts from the past to invade our thinking in the present, we fall into a mindset where we cannot fully experience abundant life to its fullest the way God intended for us to right here and right now. It's the prophet Isaiah who cautions us in regards to these type of unhealthy thought patterns when he says in Isaiah 43, remember not the former things. Neither consider the things of old. You see, the enemy wants to try to get your mindset and your awareness and your focus on those feelings from your past—that those guilty, those shameful, those feelings that that just kind of stir up condemnation in your soul. That's what the spirit wants to do. That's what he wants to. That that's what the enemy wants to do in your heart and life. He wants to bring uh, thoughts of shame, thoughts of guilt, thoughts of condemnation and remorse. You say, you say, what 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 is this? What what is that? What is that? look like what's it feel like in a a work situation those feelings of shame or those feelings of guilt might be stirred up maybe you know for example uh, maybe you're middle age you've been at your workplace for a for a long time and all of a sudden one day there's a promotion coming along and and you feel like maybe you're most qualified you have the best experience and all of a sudden they they pick one of those the younger folk one of those younger people. And all of a sudden, for the first time, it begins to dawn on you. Man, I'm starting to get a little old here. And all of a sudden, there's, there's feelings of maybe like there's some shame or some guilt over I'm not educated enough. Man, I, I, I don't have what it takes, maybe like I once did. And you start to get this feeling like, you know, the best is behind you. And it stirs up a sense of not feeling worthy. Like you're not worthy of those things, and all of a sudden the guilt and the shame and maybe feelings of condemnation start to kind of set in. You're not smart enough, educated enough, maybe you're not old enough or young enough, but there's something that kind of makes you feel unworthy for that task at hand. Uh, Possibly in your marriage, maybe for some of you, um, part of your history is a divorce that you didn't want. But it makes up what happened in your past. And so every time you sit in church and you're looking around at all you know, the perfect couples, and you're kind of like left with this feeling of shame like, like you don't measure up to the, to the rest of the Christians. You feel ashamed, you feel unworthy, you feel undervalued. And all of a sudden, those past oriented thoughts begin to get stirred up in your heart and your soul. It happens in, in marriage. You, you feel like you can't meet your spouse's needs. You can't seem to do anything to make them happy. You feel like you fail at communicating effectively. It makes you, makes you wonder whether or not you can even make all this stuff work out. And it just it brings a sense of worthlessness. Like you're not valued. Like you're not important. And you feel ashamed. You feel guilty. You feel a condemnation, a remorse, or a regret that plagues your your thinking, your mindset, your focus. Maybe at church, you're the person, and maybe before you got saved, or at some point in your history, you had some addictions that you struggled with. Maybe it was drugs. Maybe it was some other substance. And and you sit in these chairs, and you sit in these pews, and and it's it's like every time you come to this place, that thing comes back the enemy starts pulling in you're not you're not worthy enough to be here you're not you're not good enough to sit among these people and the enemy tries to use these past oriented thoughts of guilt and shame and condemnation to make you feel like you are unworthy you are not you're not a valuable you're not enough and so you live plagued by these emotions. You live plagued by these feelings of, of, of shame that kind of undergird everything that you do in your life. At church, you feel like no matter what I do, it's not enough. I can't seem to make this individual or this leader happy. I just, I, I just feel underappreciated, undervalued, and it causes, it stirs up emotions of guilt and shame. Maybe for those of you with kids, maybe you're sitting here and, and you, 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 you honestly did your best, but your kids haven't chosen a path the way maybe you would have chosen for them. And you look around at maybe some other family and, and, and their kids seem to turn out to some degree and in a way that you would have defined it. You come to church and you you hear speaking on on child rearing or you see other families that, you know, their their family seems to be perfect. And 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 just just that just seeing that or just hearing that is a trigger that, that begins to make you feel ashamed. Makes you feel the weight of condemnation. Makes you feel like you're not good enough. And so you come to this environment at church or, or in your family and you're, you're, you navigate the family dynamics, but it's constantly navigated with a sense of like, not valued, not just ashamed, worthless, like what's even the point? And you allow the enemy to stir up those past-oriented thoughts of guilt and shame and, and condemnation. You begin to think that, man, when it comes to parenting, everybody does it better than me. You look on Facebook, and it seems like the only thing people are ever putting on is how awesome they are, or how incredible they are, or how awesome their kids are. And, and all of a sudden, you get thinking, like, man, am I, am I the only one whose life kind of is not always awesome? <laughs> no, the, the rest of our lives are not awesome either. We just don't like putting that on Facebook. <laughs> For some of you, it's your health. You made some choices when you were a teenager. Maybe you didn't make personal choices at all. Maybe it was just that it just happened, and all of a sudden, you're, you're in a situation where you're disabled. You don't have the health that you would like to have. This thing was just thrust upon you, and all of a sudden, it's just like, you can't, you can't do for God, you can't do for your family, you can't do for your loved ones what you would like to do because you feel inadequate in that area, and all of a sudden, it, it stirs up shame stirs up a sense of guilt, a sense of worthlessness, that you're unworthy. And all of a sudden, before you know it, your entire mindset, your entire set of awareness has been stirred by this thing that, you're, that you, you don't measure up. Can I say this? For, for many, many of us in this room, to some degree, we struggle with this. We struggle that Man, here I am, and maybe some of you, you're going through a, a midlife crisis because by this point in time, you were going to be at this point on the corporate ladder. You were going to be at this point financially. You were going to be at this point, you know, and all of a sudden, you're, you're looking around. You're 40 or 50 years old, and you're, you're feeling like, man, did, what's happened to my life? There was supposed to be more. It was supposed to be grander. It was supposed to be bigger, and, and, and you literally feel like you've let yourself down. And the shame, and the guilt, and the sense of condemnation now literally is stirred within your mindset. And everything you do, and everything you see, and everything you, you move toward is, is mixed with that sense of shame and condemnation. I think this might be in your service program, but for a lot of us, our worst enemy is our memory. Memory of what we did wrong with our kids, what we did wrong in our family, what we did wrong with our marriages, what we, what we knew we should have done but we didn't do, mistakes we made, weaknesses that we allowed to take over our life. And now those things don't just describe us We so identify with those things. Those things are such a part of our thinking. They're such a part of our awareness. They're such a part of what happens in our heads. They don't, that past doesn't just describe us anymore. They have now come to a place where they literally define us. They define the person we now are. We allow it to define us. We allow it to be our primary source of identity, our primary source of who we believe ourselves to be. We are who that moment made us, what that addiction made us. We are what that marriage did to us. We are what that person did to us. It doesn't just describe us. It defines us. And that's, we cannot view ourselves, we can't feel about ourselves outside the context of that thing back then, there. That thing has gotten in here, and now it is who we are. And the enemy says, ha I got another one. This is why the Apostle Paul, if anybody had a reason to feel ashamed, if anybody had a reason to feel condemnation, if anybody had a reason to feel guilt, it, it, was, it was that, that murderer Saul. God called Paul who went on to write major portions of the New Testament of the Bible if anybody could have felt ashamed if anybody could have felt guilty if anybody could have felt the full weight of condemnation it would have been Paul but here's what he had to say he said forgetting those things which are behind I'm going to forget those things those things that would stir up guilt, those things that would stir up shame, those uh, thoughts and, and that focus that would stir up the, the, the full weight of condemnation. I'm going to forget those things. Why? Because focusing on His presence, that's the goal, to abide with Him. To dwell with Him. To look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. That's where our mind is supposed to go. That is where our heart is supposed to go. That's where our spirit is supposed to be. It's in that place, in that moment. And yet to fully focus on His presence involves fully focusing in the present. And if those past-oriented thoughts of guilt and shame and condemnation and regret and remorse now are stirred up in your awareness, guess what? what you're not being fully present you're not in a a place where you can fully experience all that God desires for you to experience of him but but let's move on not only are there thoughts from our past that can contaminate our attention and focus in the present but there are also thoughts about the future that can pollute our ability to focus on God's presence in the present as well. So if you don't fall into that category, you feel like, well, you know, I mean, that's a thing, but I, that, that's not really, you know, kind of something I struggle with. Uh, let, me, let me kind of maybe bring something else up, That the another device that the enemy will use, which leads us to our second thought this morning, and that is simply this. Not only are we to be aware of thoughts tainted with past guilt, I would say secondly, we need to be aware of thoughts tainted with future worry. You see, future-oriented thoughts such as fear, future-oriented thoughts, negative thoughts such as anxiety, future-oriented Oriented negative thinking, such as worry, all contaminate our thinking and keeps us from experiencing God as deeply and as richly as He would have us to. You see, we're not going to fully experience God's essence, His eternal, infinite essence, if we are not grounding ourselves in this present moment. We're not going to experience His peace, we won't experience His joy. We won't experience his love and his satisfaction as fully and as richly as he would desire for us to if we're not saturating our minds and keeping us in a place where we're fully connected to his present in this present moment. This is why Matthew chapter number six encourages us with this Take therefore no thought for the morrow. Now, that word in the Greek is an interesting word. It's, it's not like a planning thought or a preparation thought. Uh, the word in the Greek is marineo. And in the Greek, that literally means a troubled thought or an anxious thought or a stress-filled thought about the future. And it says, Take no troubled or anxious thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. You see... If we're not careful, we can get all wrapped up. We can get to a place where we are worrying about this future event and all of a sudden before we know it, we're worried about what's going to happen with our career and we're worrying about where finances are going to come from and we're worried about what's going to happen to our children and we're worried about how these things are going to come together. And if we're not careful, we lose our grounded state in the present fully focused on His presence and we allow our awareness, we allow our focus to be Drawn to a point where now we are absorbed in future oriented thoughts. We have been, we have, we've allowed the enemy to steal our consciousness, steal our focus, steal our awareness away from this present moment where eternity intersects, and now all of a sudden we are somewhere else. Wrapped up in fear, wrapped up in worry, wrapped up in anxiety. How's this job going to turn out? How are these finances going to come together? What's going to happen politically? What's going to happen to our country? And all of a sudden, the news, and all of a sudden, these reports, and all these things get mumbled, jumbled in our heads, and before we know it, we're, we're filled with anxiety. We're filled with worry. We're filled with stress, and we have been, we have been stolen away from the moment that we can connect with God and now our mind, our consciousness is somewhere entirely else and and here we're reminded hey, take no anxious thought for the morrow don't take a troubled thought about next week don't, don't allow fear and stress to contaminate your present thoughts right here, right now. Be aware of thoughts tainted with future worry. You say, why is this so dangerous? You see, when we worry about the future and we worry it will contaminate our thinking in the present, if we're not careful, here's what begins to happen. Anxiety and fear now becomes this lens. We get so wrapped up in our fears. We get so wrapped up in our worries. We get so wrapped up in our anxieties. We get so wrapped up in our stresses that it literally now becomes a lens. And we now see the world not as it is, but we see the world as we are. Stressed out, worried, anxious, afraid. And when we look into the present moment, the here, the now, the this, all we can see it is through these lens of worry and fear. And now everything looks scary. And everything looks awful. And everything is good. And all of a sudden, before we know it, we've turned into Chicken Little, you know. Sky's falling. And I want to say to you, our God is in control. And you can trust Him. You can place your confidence in Him, in Him alone. I'm going to be transparent with you this morning. I really struggle with this. I'm not up here talking about this from a posture of superiority. But when it it comes to what we're talking about right now, worry, anxiety, and fear, I'm right in the messy middle with... On this one, with all with some of you, I, I wrestle with this one badly. Man, I mean, everything from sleepless nights. Everything from man. All of a sudden, if maybe somebody says something or, or somebody does something, I, I have this uncanny ability to reframe it in my head as something that should cause me worry. I'll be really transparent. Um, I don't even know if I should share this. I wasn't planning. It's not my notes or anything, but I'll just, this is, what, this is what the Lord threw to my mind. So, a couple months ago, uh, Gabe, Gabe Waddell, I don't know if you remember this, um, you left a message on my phone. And I don't know what it was about that moment, but I remember getting the message. And in that moment, the enemy just totally attacked me. He used you as a messenger of Satan. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> all right. <laughs> that's, that's not at all what I'm. <laughs> And I just, I just got, this and I, this is so narcissistic, this is so bad, I'm just, I'm confessing my faults, you know, the Bible says confess your faults one to another that you may be healed. And I remember thinking to myself, oh man, what did I do wrong? And I got, I got so self-focused about it, like, this is so bad, it's so selfish, it's so narcissistic, it's so, this was so evil of me to do. And I was like, "Oh man, Gabe's a good friend of mine. I really like him a lot. Man, he's awesome." He left me this message: "Hey, Pastor, call me right now," or something along those lines. And and he, we use his voice, you know, on the voiceovers up here. He's got a b- big, booming, commanding voice, you know. I gave gave him and call him right now. I didn't know what was going on, you know, <laughs> you know he's a, he's an attorney. I didn't know if you know, World War Three was coming. I didn't know if you know if the church had burned down. I wasn't sure what was going on, you know. I, uh but i I allow for whatever reason i allowed all these thoughts my mind just went to a a thousand different places of anxiety and worry and stress and i felt so bad because even in the moment i knew i was doing it but i couldn't seem to stop myself so finally i got up the courage to call him i like i said i didn't know what horrible thing was coming down the pike but i knew it was going to be bad i call him up he said pastor uh so Katie and I would like to take you to dinner. <laughs> I said, what? He said, yeah, there's this speaker coming to town, and we've got a table, and we want you to join us, you know, to hear this speaker. We'd, we'd love for you to come along with us. I said, oh. <laughs> he said, why do, you, why do you share that story? Because I'm weak. And I struggle. And this is, some, this is, this is where I live. You say, is it good? No, it's not good. I have to confess it. It's wrong. It's sin. It's evil. But I struggle with this thing. You know? What what is what does this mean? And, and what's that? What you know, and, and the Bible has a word for it. It's called surmising. Evil surmising. You get so far out there and I think I, I literally start acting like I'm God. Like I could, I could somehow know what the future holds. Like I could somehow know what's going to happen tomorrow. Uh, like I can be so arrogant. I can be so carnal in that way as to actually think that I somehow know what the future might hold. Like I'm, like I'm God somehow. Yeah, so, so much pride. And this is why the word of God tells us beware of thoughts tainted with future worry. Can I say this? No amount of guilt can change the past. And no amount of worry can change the future. God calls us to be in this present moment. Right here, right now, looking unto Jesus, focused on Him, abiding with Him, dwelling with Him right here, right now. And the moment our mind is captured by past-oriented thoughts, the enemy is starting to win the battle. The moment the enemy can pull us into negative, future-oriented thoughts of guilt and shame and, and all of this type of, you know, fear and anxiety and worry, He's starting to win the game. And so we're reminded again and again in the Scriptures be aware of thoughts tainted with future worry because focusing on His presence involves fully focusing in the present. You can't fully absorb your heart and mind. You can't fully dwell, you can't fully abide with Christ the way He designed us to when we allow and when I allow past negative oriented thoughts as guilt and shame and condemnation and resentment and and all these things regret and we also can't fully be absorbed with Christ when the space in our heads is consumed with anxiety and worry and evil surmising and trying to figure it out and wringing our fingers. Both of these are devices of the enemy that pulls us away from an abiding relationship with Jesus. Now, so we see be aware of thoughts tainted with past guilt, shame, condemnation. Be aware of thoughts tainted with future worry and and anxiety and, and fear. So let me give you one last word of warning. Sometimes our mind is focused in this present moment we're fully engaged at what's at hand we're in a moment where we can truly abide we can dwell with Christ we're we're anchored to the here we're anchored to the now we're anchored to this present moment that place where we can most effectively engage and and intersect with the infinite eternal deity of the universe God because we're we're centered there's a space where we can connect to God that's not being crowded out by guilt and, and shame it's not being crowded out by worry or anxiety we're, we're in this this, this place. We, we have a space here where we can... We're, we're here, we're now. We're not allowing any of these things to creep in. And I, I will say this, however. Sometimes our mind is focused on the moment at hand. We're fully engaged in this present moment. However, under the surface, even in those moments, you're engaged, focused, you're aware. You're not allowing those past-oriented thoughts or future-oriented thoughts to creep in. Even in this moment, though, there. are can be at times under the surface an unhealthy drive, a destructive angst to what we're doing right here right now which leads me to my third thought now we're going to have to focus on this and I won't spend a lot of time but I want you to get this because you might be like I don't struggle with guilt I don't struggle with shame I don't think I struggle with worry or anxiety I, I feel like I'm pretty present I focus on life as it comes I feel like I'm doing pretty good that's kind of me and, and, and you feel like I don't know if this really no, totally applies I, I want to say this let me give you one final warning this morning and that is this be, of, be aware of thoughts in the present you're engaged in the present Beware of thoughts in the present that subtly taint, that are subtly attainted by ulterior motives. And let me, let me unpack this for a second. This can happen in the form of materialism. You're, you're anchored to this present moment, but under the surface, there's Want. You're engaged in your work, you're engaged with your family, you're engaged in your marriage, and you're you're absorbed in it, you're focused in it, you're you're you, this this moment is here, your mind is here, but under the surface, under underneath a little bit, there's this either there's materialism, there are unhealthy cravings of want that's driving that which you're doing. Lust. For something more? You see, there's, there's no contentment with that which is what's driving this present moment. What's driving you at work? What's driving you to be <laughs> such a, such, uh, such a uh, focused, absorbed parent? What's, focus, what's, what's driving you to be so, you know, uh, focused on your marriage? You're, you're like zoned in on your marriage. You're zoned in on your parenting. You're zoned in on your work. And you're, you're giving it everything you got. But if you're not careful, it's actually being driven by something that's highly, highly unhealthy. And it's a subtle, ulterior motive for something else than what God's sovereignty his providence has given you in this present moment. There's not a rest. Like you're, you're striving in this moment. You're not absorbed with past. You're not absorbed with future. But you're striving in this present moment. i got to be a better husband. i got to be a better wife. Because then if I do that, she'll be this. Or he'll be that. Or I'll get this promotion. And this. that's the place by which you do that which you do here. And eventually that will sabotage the very thing that you're trying to do. You think to yourself if I do this, then this will happen and everything will be better. If I do that, I absorb myself, I'm focused in on this job, I, then this thing will happen. Or when when my, I'm going to do this so my spouse will change. When they change, then I can be satisfied. When they change, then I can be content. And if I do this, 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 if I do A, B, and C, then she'll do, you know, D, E and F. Or if I do this at work, you know, one, two, three, then my boss will do three, four. But it's that. It's, it's not this present moment that's driving you. It, it's not the glory of Christ in a, a spirit of gratitude, in, in a spirit of thankfulness saying, Thank Thank you, God, for this present moment. Thank you for now. Thank you that I can be at rest, that I can be still and know that you are God here and that you are God now. There's something else that's, that's driving all this. And there's an angst. There's this, this striving. I've got to get this better marriage because then I'll be happy. I've got to get this better family because then I'll be satisfied. I've got to get this next amount of money in my bank account because then I'll be content. And it's a subtle form of the enemy that pulls you away from now. Because in honesty, honesty, you're not really living in the now if that's the drive. You're actually living in the future camouflaged by the now. You're living there under the, the idea that you're, I'm working on my job, I'm working on my kids, I'm working on my marriage, but really, it's for something else. It's not from a spirit that says, This is the day the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. This is what God, this is the opportunity that God's put in front of me. This is the child at this place, at this stage in their development. This is what I have right here, right now. I'm going to pour into it. And that's not to say we don't have goals. And that's not to say we don't have dreams. But what we say is we surrender those goals. We surrender those dreams to the sovereignty, to the providence of God. And we're perfectly fine with doing what we do in this moment, not for what we can get out of it down the road. We're doing it out of obedience and love for God. And we're saturating ourselves and absorbing ourselves in this moment with a child, this moment with 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 a spouse, this moment at our workplace. Because that's what glorifies God. And if nothing ever came from it, it would be okay. And if my spouse never treated me any better, I, would st- I could still do it because I'm doing it for the glory of Christ. And if my child didn't turn out, even though I did this, I would still do it anyways because it glorifies Christ. And, and even if I never got a promotion, I, I would give excellence to this moment because I love this moment. I love what God gave me right here. I love what God gave me right now. I will rejoice and I will be glad in it. And you're not doing it for what you can get out of it. You're doing it because this is what God put in front of you. And even if he gives you nothing in return, even like Job, if he slays you, you say, even though you slay me, I will trust in you. That's what we're talking about. That is the place where you begin to experience God. Free from guilt, free from shame and condemnation. Free from anxiety and free from worry, free from fear, free from striving and ulterior motive. You're just free to be, to be what God's called you to be, to do what God's called you to do. If, if he gives you some natural blessing in response, it's the cherry on top, praise God but I was doing it for his glory regardless of what comes back. When you get to that place, you will experience a peace that passeth all understanding. You'll experience a joy unspeakable and full of glory. You'll experience a satisfaction that you've never experienced before because before it was anchored to something in the future. It was anchored for what you could get out of something. It was anchored to what you could get out of a marriage or what you could get out of a child or what you could get out of a workplace or what you could get out of a boss or you could get out of a circumstance and all of a sudden you're free. Simply rejoice in this present moment and you will find that in that place There is a freedom unlike you've ever experienced before. A joy, like the calm, just a serenity because God says, my yoke is easy and my burden light. You see, when we anchor our hope for satisfaction and happiness in some future event, I'll be satisfied when my kid gets here I'll be satisfied when my spouse becomes this I'll be content when this happens at my job Here's, what, here's, what, here's what's literally happening In the depths of your soul When we anchor our hope for satisfaction and happiness In some future, some future event Or some future circumstance Or in some future situation Here's what we're actually saying We are in essence rejecting the satisfaction That is already ours in Christ Right here, right now This this is important. In Christ, he has already given you satisfaction. He has already given you your contentment. He has already given you everything you need right here, right now. It was yours in Christ. So the moment you think, no, I need this person to change. I need that situation to be different. I need this amount of money. What you are in essence saying is Christ is not enough for me. I need Jesus plus a better job. I need Jesus plus my child to be different. I need Jesus. And what in essence you're saying, you are now removing yourself from place, a a place where you can serve out of purity of heart. To love with no strings attached. To give without needing anything in return. And you will be free. Free. Free to experience life and life more abundantly. To die to dreams, to die to worries, to die to shame, to die to anxiety, to die to your ambitions, your motives, and say, God, I rest in you. And it's in that place where all of a sudden we can get to a healthy sense of being. See, Scripture gives us a way to think about life in which feeling guilty about the past and anxious about the future no longer makes sense. The paradigm that the Word of God will give you as you allow its teachings to saturate your mindset, your worldview, anxiety and worries just, they don't make sense anymore. Because, Think about it, because of the gospel of Jesus Christ, because of the fact that Jesus Christ literally took the punishment of your sin upon himself and he absorbed all the wrath of God upon himself, in that moment he made available to you absolute forgiveness, mercy, Where you are now free from guilt and you are free from shame and you are free from condemnation which is why Romans says there is now therefore no condemnation to them. walk in Christ Jesus. It's gone. The gospel says God's in control. He, He cares about the grass of the field and the birds of the air. How much more does He care for you? He's got you. He's taking care of you. Everything's, everything's okay You're free You're liberated You see, at the cross He didn't just make you a better person When you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ And Jesus Christ alone The Bible declares that He makes you a new person He gives you a new identity You are no longer who you used to be You are not an addict anymore In Christ, you've been made new. You're not a worrier anymore. You're not a manipulator anymore. You are new in Christ. And when you allow the reality of that truth to absorb your heart and mind and you live aligned with that reality, you live aligned with that truth, I'm telling you what, you will experience a life unlike you've never experienced before. It's awesome. It's called abundant life. You say, will it change all my problems? No, here's what's crazy. It might not change any of them, but it changes everything because of your perspective about it. It doesn't affect you the same way anymore. You now find transcendence. what used to cause you uh, what you used to see something used to see somebody and it would stir up shame and guilt and all of a sudden now what the gospel does a new person you see what you used to see and all of a sudden it reminds you praise God for his unspeakable riches his mercy his forgiveness the new life that is mine in Christ what used to cause you to worry when you, would, when you would flip channels through the news stations at 6 o'clock, it doesn't cause you worry anymore because you realize that you serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And the, literally the, the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord and he moveth it whithersoever he desires. We understand that we have a God who is in charge, a God that is in control, and a God who will ultimately win. And it's that reality that changes our reality. The gospel changes everything. No longer we sway to and fro from shame to anxiety to manipulation and and, and, uh, ulterior motives from this way to that way. All of a sudden we have an anchor and that's the promises of God. A God who says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. A God that says, you can do all things through Christ. It's not that the situations always change. Sometimes, sometimes God calms the storms in your life. But more often than not, he calms your heart in the midst of the storms. And that is the promise that you have in the person of Jesus. Focusing on his presence involves focusing in the present. Somebody once said it this way. If you want to be sad, live in the past. If you want to be anxious, live in the future. What's going to happen with my children? What's going to happen with America? We're not saying don't engage it. We're going to talk in the future. How do we engage it from a a healthy place? We're not talking about ignoring things. We're not talking about sweeping things under the carpet. We're we're talking about the posture of our heart when we enter into that engagement, when we be when we when we engage problems and situations. We're going to get to the practical behavioral outflow of this mindset of the this posture of our heart. But if we don't get the posture of the heart right, none of the behaviors matter, anyways. If you want to be sad, live in the past. If you want to be anxious, live in the future. If you want to be at peace, it starts with living right here, right now, focused on Jesus, the author, the finisher of our faith, abiding in him and him alone. So here's the exercise. I'm going to give you some homework, okay? Some of you who are in school are like, ah, another one. Literally, here's what I want you to do this week. And I mean this. If you get nothing else, this, I really want you, to, I want you to start becoming aware of when the enemy tries to pull you into past-oriented thinking. And I want you to catch yourself doing this. This week. This is the, if you take, get nothing else, I need you to get this, okay? Because it'll build on what we're gonna do in the future. I need you to start becoming aware when the enemy tries to push you into the ambiguity of the future. And he starts to get you thinking anxious thoughts and worried thoughts and fearful thoughts. And I need you to... This is where it's all going to start. It's going to start by, by recognizing that this is something that happens to us. And I want you to start, I want you to just start, it, it might just, like, it, like with me, it kinda, it's discouraging at first, but this is where it all starts, okay? Because for a lot of us, we don't even realize we do this. It all happens on the subconscious level, and we wonder, what is going on in my world? Because we are not even consciously aware that this is our reality. And I need you to start becoming aware, and when you become aware, I need you to confess that sin before God. Say, God, that is an unhealthy, destructive, sinful habit that you died on the cross for to deliver me from. And I don't need to wallow in that anymore. I have victory in Christ. Recognize it for what it is. When you find yourself wallowing in shame and guilt and condemnation because of something in your past, recognize it as being so and offer it to God, knowing that the victory is already yours in Jesus when you find yourself getting caught up you know for some of you this is not a bible thing you don't have to do this but for some of you you might even want to put a, like a rubber band on your wrist and just snap yourself every time why just to just to remind you that you're doing this cuz it starts right there this i'm not talking I'm not talking about this is the you know I'm just I'm just trying to help ambassador I'm I'm trying to help us realize how often our mind Gets stolen away by the enemy. As long as he can keep keep us out of this present moment, we have no hope of experiencing the full riches that that are ours in Christ. Time is finite. God is infinite. Eternal. And eternity intersects with time. Right here, right now. When you allow your mindset to be removed from this Now. You are putting yourself in a place where you cannot fully experience him the way he desires. Recognize it. So then I end end with this. Are you truly living in his presence? Abiding, dwelling in his presence in the present. We're gonna keep building on this, all right? This is not an end to itself. We've got several more weeks where we're gonna walk through this. But we're talking about how to experience victory. Because we can't change our lives until we first change our thinking. And the Word of God says, it tells us, that we can be renewed in the spirit of our minds. This is where it starts. This is where it begins. I need you to be aware of it. Aware of it. You might even want to journal this. I've had to do this over the last few years. Journal this thing out. You know, how am I doing how am I doing? Am I getting caught up in condemnation and shame? Am I getting caught up in worry? Am I getting caught up like I'm? I'm focused, but it's it comes from this unhealthy, destructive place of striving. I gotta, I gotta be better. I gotta do better. And all of a sudden, I'm I'm like focused on what's before me, but it's like God's not influencing that moment. I'm not at peace. I'm not at rest. You say, you say, how will I know when I'm in that when I'm in that space when I'm In the Spirit. You know how you'll know? Because it'll be acquainted with what's called the fruit of the Spirit. There'll be this love as you go through life, this joy. There'll just be a joy. There's not not because circumstances are awesome and you're on vacation and you just want a million bucks. No, there will just be this joy because you're abiding with God, you're in the presence of the divine. He is joy, and you're experiencing that joy. When you're not striving, you're not anxious, you're not worried, you're just here abiding with Him. There'll be love, there'll be joy, there will be peace. You'll see your heartbeat slow down. Your breathing becomes deeper. There will literally be physiological implications to simply being